It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in your garden. All you have to do is call me, 404-872-0750. Everyone is welcome on the show. We welcome the, the ministers out there who are trying to think of what they're going to do for their service tomorrow morning, what the sermon is going to be about, and how they're going to take that scripture and make it into something interesting. All the rabbis out there driving around thinking, what can I say this morning about that bar mitzvah kid? What have they prepared their Torah portion? Oh, Lord, what are we going to say? We welcome everybody who has faith, everybody without faith. We don't care. We're here to talk about gardening, and I have faith that gardening will make you have more fun in life. Again, 404-872-0750. Victor in middle Georgia joins us. Hey, Victor. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What's up, Victor? Good, good. Well, I have a, I won't, I won't redo my yard. I have a mixture of grass, centipedes, yeah. I guess Bermuda, and a lot of the hay. Okay. How do I get rid of that first? And then, you know, I would like to do, you know, centipede or what's best for my area to go back with? Uh, probably my. Advice is going to be, Victor, to leave the grass alone for right now because the centipede is what I think you ought to go back with. That's what you want. That's what I want you to have if you're happy with it. But bahia grass uh-huh. is difficult, difficult to control. But in fact, the only way I would control it is by using Roundup. Just spray it and kill everything. Kill the centipede, kill the Bermuda grass, kill the bahia grass, everything. Because there's no selective uh-huh. thing that will kill one and not the other. The only selective thing we have is digging it up, which you don't want to do, Victor. I know you don't want to do that. So digging it up is your only... I have a big yard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the time to plant centipede I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have been told that you can spray the bahia without... There's something you can spray it with without killing the other grasses. You might. Am I... It's not going to be easy, but you might be able to use a, a chemical called metsulfuron, which is uh, a farm herbicide, and uh, just some of the professionals use it. It's not a restricted use thing, so you can buy it, but metsulfuron is the stuff to find. It's not sold at hardware stores usually. M-E-T-S-U-L-F-U-R-O-N, metsulfuron. Read the label and use it directly. But I still think you're not going to get great control, even with metsulfuron. It won't hurt the centipede, but it will hurt the bahia, but I don't think it's going to be what you want, and I think you should just kill everything and plant the centipede in May of next year. It'd be a good time to plant centipede seed. May. Okay. Okay. Well, I can, I can do that. I can kill it all. Yeah, and, and don't forget, Victor, <laughs> the, best, the best way to get centipede to grow is to do a real good job aerating before you plant the seed because those little bitty centipede seeds really have to get in tight contact with the soil to germinate. If they get dried out at all in the time between you putting the seed out and uh, them germinating, it takes like two weeks sometimes for the centipede seed to germinate. And if they dry out, they all die. So aerate real good. Then or kill it first, kill it with Roundup first, and then 
aerate real good, and then spread the seed out there. And then if you can, roll it or use something to sort of pack the soil around the centipede seed. And you'll get a pretty good stand of centipede. By the end of the summer, it would look really, really nice. Brian joins us from Athens, Georgia. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. What's up? Um, I have some trees planted. I've got about a quarter acre lot in Athens. I've got some trees planted on the property line. And I planted them about 10 years ago, but some of them, uh, not all of them, but some of them, I can see the roots. Mm-hmm. And even when I mow, sometimes I, uh, you know, it'll literally kind of touch the top of the root system. Oh, yeah. Would, it, can you, is it possible to plant them too shallow? Mm, yes, it's possible to plant a tree or a shrub too shallow. But if you have roots of a tree on top of the ground, that's usually because the soil itself is just real hard soil and the roots need to breathe. So they... It's like you have a you have a hard time breathing when you're a foot down in the in the swimming pool. So you, yes, you surface on the water, and that's what the roots do too. They surface on the soil so they can breathe. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I planted a, I I dug a you know a ten dollar hole as they say for the ten dollar yeah, bush. But, right. Good. Uh, so uh, you know, that does make sense because I didn't I didn't dig a shallow hole. Yeah. That I have, a, I have an answer for you though, Brian. What you can do yeah. about this is not too hard to do, and that's to go to a a landscape yard, a landscape materials place that can deliver a truckload, or if you have access to a pickup truck, get a pickup truck, and get enough soil to cover the roots just an inch or so, just enough to cover the roots so your lawnmower doesn't nick it anymore. And you can plant grass where the grass will grow under the trees, or you can plant you know, ground covers and things like that, either one, but that would cover the roots, keep the lawnmower safe, and give you something to grow in your grass or your, or your ground cover. Fantastic. Can I ask one more quick question? If it's 30 seconds worth, go ahead. Um, when the grass does grow all the way up to the base of a bush or a tree, yeah. is that is that going to be a bad thing for the bush or the tree? Yes. If you had okay, if you had a great big you know, 300-pound University of Georgia linebacker who was there at breakfast every morning saying, I'm going to eat breakfast now, Brian, you and that yeah. linebacker would have a hard yeah. fight. <laughs> grass and a I shrub like and a tree are about the same. They don't like each other. The grass does not like trees. Trees don't like grass. They fight, and that's not what you want to have under your trees and shrubs. So let's uh, put some mulch or something underneath, at least uh, where the where the feeder roots are so the grass doesn't grow and compete with it too much. Perfect. I love your analogy. Thank you, sir. <laughs> right, Diane. I just thought of it. I was really proud of myself to think of it in that quick quick of a time. Diane in Lilburn, Georgia, Georgia. Say, hey, Diane, good morning. Good morning. How's good morning. it, Miami? I'm doing fine, Diane. What's going on? I'm interested in your views and using cardboard instead of landscape fabric. For doing what? For mulching. I have a large lot in Lilburn, Georgia, mm-hmm. and I want to take advantage of all these leaves. Okay. I'm against both of them. Is that wrong? I don't like either one of them, and I'll tell you why oh, I don't I like them. <laughs> I, will, I will explain myself. The reason I don't like Please. landscape fabric is because you can... Normally what people do is they'll clear the ground, they'll they'll either weed whack it down to the soil surface or they'll rake or use a hoe or something like that to make the soil completely bare. They'll lay the Uh lacing fabric on top and they'll put mulch on top of that. So far, so good. Mm -hmm. 
The problem yeah. is two years from now, when seeds from any number of weeds that just blow around, blow into there, start rooting in the landscape fabric. If you're not really, really good about controlling weeds in the mulch that's laid on top of the landscape fabric, those weeds will go down into the landscape fabric. We'll go through it right. into the soil underneath, and you'll have the devil of a time either pulling it up, number one, or controlling those weeds, mm -hmm. number two. It can just be mm -hmm. such a mess to pull up or to to maintain around that I don't like landscape fabric. And for the second reason is if there's a tree or something that you're laying the landscape fabric underneath, you're interfering with the exchange of oxygen. We talked to the guy just now about how roots have to breathe. You're interfering right. with the exchange of moisture with irrigation or rainfall and things like that. And that is the same reason I don't like cardboard because it does the same thing. It keeps oxygen from moving back and forth. It keeps moisture from moving back and forth, nutrients from moving Even back and forth. Even though it can disintegrate. Uh, as opposed to landscape fabric, yeah, not. but then why not just use the leaves? Why not use just plain old what you got, chips or straw or leaves or whatever like that as your mulch and not use well, fabric or cardboard point. at all? Good point. Okay, how would you recommend mm -hmm. uh, shredding these leaves? By what, using my lawnmower? Yeah, that's or... the way I do it. I have a carport and a turnaround, and uh, so I put them on one end of the turnaround and pile them all up real good. Just run them over two or three times over it, and they're all shredded up. Okay, so I guess the idea is you said pile up. I mean, how much mulch would you recommend from this leaf method? Because I know leaves pack down, I would say about four or five inches maybe, and then it'll pack down to two or three over a couple of months' time. Okay, well, sounds like that's nice and easy. It is easy. It is easier than <laughs> putting cardboard in landscape. Okay, well, thank you so much. I'm throwing away my landscape fabric, which I knew wasn't working. I, I told you I had opinions about this, Diane. You my were opinion, right. You I don't like right. either one of them. No, I do not. <laughs> okay, well, you have a good morning, and thank you so much. Yourself, Keep up the good work. Yourself the same, Diane. Thanks so much for calling. It's seven sixteen on a Saturday morning. Another oh, you know what we could do is talk to Dennis. Let's do Dennis. We got a, a, a first time caller this morning on our AJC or not AJC, our WSB radio app. So Dennis, what you got? This is Dennis Brown from Sandy Springs. I'm having a terrible problem with uh, weeds at my farm this year. I've acquired a weed burner, and I'm wondering uh, it's pretty effective on you know killing the weeds. Uh, when you kill the weeds, does it kill the roots also? For those of you who do not know what a weed burner is, it's simply that, a tube attached to a little propane tank. You light the end of it, and you go around and just burn the heck out of the weeds you see in your garden or in your landscape or whatever. They're very effective at burning the top of the plant off. They don't kill the roots, usually, unless it's a very young or very shallow-rooted plant. And, Dennis, you better be sure you have somebody beside you with a 911 programmed into their phone because burners will catch things you didn't expect to be caught on fire. Because I have done this, and when my pants started smoking and my son says, Daddy, your pants are on fire, <laughs> I had to stop and spray the hose on top of myself because I would have been burned up. So be careful with the burner. They do kill the tops of plants. They don't kill the roots of plants. But for guys, ah, they're a lot of fun. Do it, Dennis. We'll see what happens. At 718, we'll be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot?
And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar. If I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on. The song is dedicated to Dennis and his weed flamer. <laughs> Dennis wants to use to control weeds in his landscape. Be careful with that flamer, Dennis. You've got to be careful. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Mostly sunny, high of 95, low of 73 tonight. Tomorrow, a little bit more cloudy, but high of 92 and low of 73. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And don't forget, you can give us garden questions through the WSB radio app on your cell phone, the one you usually use for traffic information during the week. It has an open mic feature that Ashley is monitoring it this morning. So if you have a question that lasts about a minute and a half, then tell it into the open mic feature of the WSB radio app, and we will try to play it during the next hour on the show. To our phones, we go uh, Pat in Monticello joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Pat, good morning. Hey, Mr. Walton, how are you doing, sir? Brother Pat, doing fine. What's up? Good. Hey, look, I got a new hunting lease. Yeah. It's uh, about 100 acres. I got uh, two fields out there, about an acre each. Tell you what I've done. I went out there. I've got it uh, plowed up, haired down, uh, spread some 10-10-10 out there, uh, got it smooth off. My question is, I want to plant uh, clover and also turnips. Okay. Now, with this wonderful heat that Georgia is providing us right now, mm. what would be a good time to drill that? Mm, boy, 95 degrees is not the right time to drill clover. No doubt, right? Yeah. Let's, I mean, turnips and clover both need a lot cooler weather than we have right now. It's almost like fescue grass. You wait until probably around the 1st of September to start listening to the weather and see what it's forecast to be in Monticello. And if it's going to rain, that'd be really great. If somebody says, you know, end yes, of the sir. week, the rainfall comes in, and you get out there with a tractor and start putting the seed out. Have you yet, Pat, done a soil test to find your soil pH? You know, I, I, I went out there and pulled a soil sample, yeah. and I sent it off to UGA. You, yeah. you know, they do it for, for you for free, and I haven't got anything back yet. To be honest with you. How long was that? That's only been about a, about a week and a half okay. now. Well, it should come pretty quickly then. But that is one of the most yes, important things you can do to make a deer food plot successful is to know what the pH is and to add lime if it's needed because the turnips and the clover both need a certain pH to really thrive. And you want the you want those plants to thrive because you want the deer to thrive because you want to shoot them and kill them and eat them. So that's what you want yes, to sir. do. That's right. <laughs> Well, brother, I appreciate your help, sure enough, man, and uh, I'll give it a few weeks if this weather yeah. breaks on us, right? That's exactly right. All right, hey, thank you for your help, sir. Good success with it, Pat. We'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. By the way, it's just as important to test your own soil in your own landscape or your lawn because lawn grasses, they like to have a certain pH, a certain acidity or alkalinity of the soil. And you can fix that with lime if you know what your initial pH is. And you do that with a soil test. If you want details on that, go to georgiasoiltest.com. georgiasoiltest.com. Or call your local Pike Nursery. Many of the Pike Nurseries have soil test kits in stock there, too. It's 727 at News Talk WSB. More garden questions and answers right after news. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Our number is 404, you heard it, 404-872-0750. Or you can call in on a WSB radio app. If you have a cell phone, you get the app and download it to your phone. And then you have the open mic feature where you can talk to us and ask what your question is. And take about a minute and a half to ask your question. We'll answer it on the air. Let's see. Richard in North Georgia joins us. Hey, Richard. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Walter. Hey, Richard. I can't get you on the radio. I'm through the telephone. Oh, great. Okay, so what's up? I, I stripped some lily turf uh, purple uh, blossoms off, and I got about a half a cup of seed. Okay. What do I do with the seed after I dry it? Do I chill it or plant it or what? You plant it, and you be very patient. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two cycles. This is a bad thing about the uh, monkey grass lily turf seed. It takes two cycles of cold moist, which means two winters, before it really wants to germinate, which is why you don't see monkey grass everywhere, everywhere, because if the seed all germinated, you know, you half a bunch of seeds off of your plants right there. If they all germinated, it would be a weed. So there's inhibitions, let's put it that way, inhibitions on the seed that cause it to need two cycles of cold and moist in a year time, two winters apart from each other. And that's what can causes I, the seeds to germinate. Can I stimulate that coldness by putting it in my refrigerator? Hmm, could he? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're going to get down where I don't know anything. I don't know, Richard. I don't know whether you could simulate two of them and make it closer together. In other words, do it now for, I think it takes usually around 40 days of cold moist to do the stratification on, uh, on Lirio. You know, Richard, you do a lot better talking to Uncle Google, as we call him. Uncle Google on the Internet. Call Uncle Google and say, how do you propagate lily turf seed? And see what Google says. All right. Thank you for your help. Because you're certainly not going to get a good answer from me, because I don't know the specifics of that. Lance in Lilburn. Hey, Lance, thanks for being so patient. How can we help? I had a a mess of uh, baby's breath out here at the side of a big maple tree and uh it was just going crazy as it usually does and early in the spring when the weather was good i got out there and dug it all out and i mean i went through it with a passion making sure i had all the roots out yeah and then i moved a bunch of dirt about five wheelbarrowfuls of dirt from the backyard where a tree had been taken out and uh dumped it into this spot and uh put layered it with grass, and so that was early in the spring. We had all that nice rain. I went out there latter part of June to start transplanting some other stuff from other areas into it, and when the shovel went down about an inch, it's like I hit a brick. Oh, man. And so I I basically had to dig, 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 (laughs) dig to be able to get the hunk out to see what I was getting into, and all of a sudden, this soil, which I moved from the backyard, which was just pure clay for all practical purposes, is just a mass of roots 
that are all intertwined amongst oh, themselves. And I'm just wondering, where in the world did all these roots come from in the sight of about two months, you know? Lance, I need to stop you because when you said baby's breath, I've been thinking to myself all the time you've been talking, what is he talking about? What is <laughs> baby's breath? There's an ornamental flowering plant they use for flower arrangements, gypsophila. But it's a hedge. It's a hedge that blooms white blooms in the spring and then just kind of just lives there. You know, it's heck, it's probably four or five feet tall. Are you talking about privet then? Kind of like a privet. I don't know that it would be called a privet, but it's uh, my wife likes it. I mean, it's in other parts of the yard, and this stuff just kind of worked its way over there mm. into this area, yeah. but it had a hell of a root ball on yeah, it. Yeah, you know? privet could invade like that. Privet has a very vigorous root system on it, but. I'm not positive that's what we're talking about. So, Lance, anything I say, 50% of it is determined by whether or not you do or don't have privet. Because I mm-hmm. don't know if you do or not. So we have to identify your plant first. But let's it's say you do privet. have it. I mean, I know what privet looks like. All it's right. got like a little leaf that grows yeah. up and down the stem. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely not privet. And let's figure out what it is before we go any further then. I don't well, let know. Well, let me back up. All right. Should... Should I just excavate the whole area, put down some kind of a barrier, and just reapply the soil to, I don't know where the roots are coming from. It's crazy. I mean, Is I, there a tr- I, from a tree? Did you damage the roots of the tree when you did the digging initially? No, I was real careful about that. Okay. Uh, the, the tree is a big maple, and the roots do extend out into that area. And if you damage those roots, they will sprout where you do the nick, where you damage it with your shovel. Sometimes those mm. maple roots come straight up from the nick, and oh. seeing that nice, rich soil, say, oh, man, Lance has really made us happy now, and they mm. grow and mm. grow and grow. So possibly it's the maple mm. roots. I don't know. It's it, They're very fibrous. They're not big. I mean, when I say roots, they almost pencil point type Mm. diameter you know what i mean i i think your initial assessment of putting a barrier down and Mm -hmm. then putting new soil in is probably the way to go at least the first first try on it lance and the barrier if you want to put a barrier between the roots extending from the tree across the surface of the soil you can use aluminum flashing they use rolls of aluminum flashing when they roof your house you can buy those from big box stores and put it in the ground vertically so the roots can't penetrate through it, of course, and put it down 18-inch wide. Flashing can be buried about 14 inches deep, 16 really, 16 inches deep, and that should be enough barrier to keep roots from the tree progressing across the surface. Now, underneath that, if there's roots that are deeper than 16 inches and come up from below, I don't have a good way to control them. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't use something like visqueen, that no. black plastic. Nope. That wouldn't that nope. wouldn't work, huh? Nope. Uh, I lectured a caller about half an hour ago about why I don't like putting plastic or cardboard or landscape fabric at all because mm-hmm. it just interferes too much with oxygen and moisture and things going to the tree and not good for the tree. Okay. All right. Well, I've still got more work to do. Thank uh, you. You've always had more work to do. <laughs> Come on. Come on, my friend. If you don't think you're ever going to get through, oh, yeah, we're never After through. After four or five wheelbarrows of moving that dirt, that's going to be a job moving it out of the way to put down a barrier, that's for sure. Hire a teenager, Lance. Do what I do. Hire the teenagers and pay them to do the work for you. All right. Thank you. All right, man. We'll see you soon. Tell them, hey, little one, for me. Oh, let's see who we got on the phone. Sam in Athens, Georgia. Sam joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Yes, sir, Brother Sam. What's going on? 
Yeah, I have a question. I've got some um, some moss that's encroaching on my Bermuda that I need to try to get rid of. Okay. And I think it might be a, sh- a shade problem. I hate to ask you another soil question, but yeah. you've kind of already answered the question. But um, how, what do you recommend to try to get rid of that uh, moss to try to get Bermuda to grow there again? I mean, I can try to take down this tree, um, yeah. or I could just mulch it out too. I mean, what do you suggest? What's going to be uh, the most cost-effective? I like trees. Leave the tree alone. It's going to cost you know five hundred or a thousand dollars to take it down. And mulch is really cheap by the bag. I would say mulch it out to the to the end of where the moss grows, and let the Bermuda grow in the sunshine, and let the mulch be pretty in the shade. And end of story. All right. I just Thanks saved you hundreds I'll... of dollars. there, Sam. you should thank me. You should give me at least half. I, I agree. You're right. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, so what would you? Uh suggest growing there like if i wanted to plant something in the mulch some type of um grass or some kind of shrub or something i don't know you know you can grow uh mondo grass mondo grass is a little grass-like plant that grows in the shade very very well you could plant um monkey grass if you wanted to ferns uh hosta sometimes do right well so any of the shade loving plants will do fine but just not grass not not bermuda grass in the shade Uh uh-uh not gonna happen so I, should I go in there with a shovel and just dip, scrape it all out and then put some uh, topsoil back down and then... That would the help. If you it. loosen the soil, whatever plants you end up planting underneath the ferns or the hosta or the mondo grass or whatever, they'll all appreciate Sam's good work loosening the soil before they get planted. So yeah, it would be nice to loosen it up, dig it up. You, there's really no need to scrape the moss away because the mulch that you have on, over the top is going to control the moss pretty well. So I would just loosen it up, turn the ground over, uh, plant the plants you've chosen, and then put mulch on top of that. That's the end of the end of the story. All right. So is that something I should plant this fall, or just wait till the spring? Well, fall's a great time. Start first of September and go to town. All right. Thanks a lot, Walter. You bet, Sam. Thanks for calling. It's seven forty-five. I know we've got time to get Temple in here. Temple is in Covington and joins us. Temple, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Hi. I've got, I think, what a friend identified as nut sedge grass okay. uh, in my Bermuda. It has really invaded it, Not, and I pulled up small things when I could, but it's too much now. What spray yeah. can I use to kill it and not get the fescue? There is a, hmm, oops, I was about to, when you say, and not get the fescue, I recalled my words and thought, oops, can't use that because it would kill the fescue too. There's a product called Image for Nutgrass, or Image for Nut Sedge, it's really its name, which clearly on the label says, do not use on fescue lawns. We'll kill fescue very nicely for you. So we can't use that. Um, go to a hardware store and look for the Bonide Weed Beater Ultra. If I am not mistaken, it has nut sedge labeled for, it's labeled for control of nut sedge, and I would use it. Bonide Weed Killer? Weed, weed Beater Weed beater is what it's beater. called. Beater, okay. Like beet and food. would that get the the roots too? Yeah, yeah. Both of them are absorbed by by leaves and by roots, and that's what you want because the nut sage has little tubers, little things underneath the ground, little nuts that spread, and that's how it's invaded your Bermuda so quickly. And so you need something that is absorbed by the roots, and the bonite product is absorbed by the roots. And Does the it matter when you do this uh, just after you have? mowed the whole you thing know, or what i would do i think i would wait and 
if you need to mow, go ahead and mow now, but then wait until the nut sedge has regrown a couple of inches anyway and spray okay. apply it then. So it has some, some leaf surface to, uh, to catch and hold the weed killer on it. And can you plant this or can you spray this in the springtime to prevent it from coming back? I think the label says you can do it twice a year. Read the label and see what it says about how often you can use it. I think twice. Okay. Thank you so much. That's great talking to you, Temple. Thanks right. for calling. Bye. It's 747. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Mostly sunny today, high of 95, low of 73 tonight. Tomorrow, Sunday, partly cloudy, high of 92, and a low of 73. Again, your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And we have, let's see, Kathy in Cartersville coming up on the air on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi. Um, I, I have a problem with... Um, I have four crepe myrtles in my yard, and only two of them are being have had a problem, and this has been going on pretty much all season. The one in the backyard, the leaves started turning yellow and then they red, and they were falling off. Yeah. So I didn't see any bites or anything, so I was spraying it with neem oil, yeah. and I sprayed it several times. That seemed to get over that, but I think it, now it's got the same thing that the one in the front yard has. It's the leaves have the black soot-look stuff on ah, them, okay. and it has the little little bumpy things on the very small white looking bumpy things on the back sure. and i have sprayed it with seven i've sprayed it with neem oil and i mean i've done it like four times and i can't get rid of it and i'm the, afraid it's going to kill the one in the backyard because it doesn't have that many leaves left anymore i don't think the one in the backyard that lost leaves with the leaves changed color i don't think that's connected to the one in front that has the black sooty mold on it I don't know mm -hmm. why the one changed color, but I'm imagining there's some root, <clears throat> some root weakness that somehow the roots are not established like they should be, or it got dry, or something going okay. on with the roots is why it changed color so early. As far as the black stuff, I'm almost positive there you have uh, crepe myrtle aphids, which excrete honeydew. The honeydew gets all over the leaves and and the trunk and it turns black because mold, this black sooty mold, grows on it. And the easiest way for me to control the aphids is to use a systemic insecticide like the, let's say, Bonide has a Bonide systemic granules, uh, BioAdvance has a BioAdvanced uh, tree and shrub. Either one of them, you put them on the tree, it makes a sap poisonous, and the aphids then are poisoned and die. And if you do it now, you're not affecting pollinators at all. So I think now is the right time to, to do it once the flowers, well, I guess the flowers are still on the crepe myrtles. If you'll wait until the flowers are fading on the crepe myrtle, that'll be the right time to do it, Kathy. It's the Bonide Advanced Tree and Shrub, you said? It's, it's Bio Advanced Tree and Shrub, B-I-O Advanced Tree and Shrub, and then Bonide Systemic Granules, two different products. Okay, systemic granules. Now, with that, I have some sediments underneath the one in the front, and, and they're falling over and dying because the stuff's falling down on it. Would that, would that affect them too, even though? Well, the sooty stuff keeps photosynthesis from happening when it, when it gets on the leaves. Right. So I guess it could happen that way. But, you know, sediments get too tall. They flop over anyway. Mine are floppy right no. now just from natural 
natural yeah, thing. Yeah, these are so. dying. They've, they've always flopped over, but but this year they've never died before. They're actually the leaves are curling up and dying. Oh. So I, I I thought maybe it might be the same thing. I don't think aphids get on sedum all that much. So I I don't know what the re- relationship is between aphids and the sooty mold and the sedums, hmm. but. Were I the, I would wait until fall and dig up the sedum and re-amend the soil and plant them back in the same place if any of them seem to be alive still. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. All right. All right. Well, I'll get this and get going with it. Thank Great you very time. much. You sure about Thanks mm-hmm. for calling. Don't forget, next Monday, 8 a.m., your chance, your first chance to win $500 in free gas from WSB every day. Next week, we will be calling a name at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 and 5 p.m. You can register at wsbradio.com. When we call your name, call back, and you might win $500 in free gas. First place to go, wsbradio.com to register, and then listen on Monday morning, 8 a.m. to win your gas. It's 7.58. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. <laughs> 